Welcome to episode 13 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf in downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and today I'll be sharing with you the books that I read in January 2015. Let's get started. Every month, I'd like to share with our listeners the books that I read um, in the previous month. So these are little reviews that I do, um, both for the Thomasville Townie, our local um, little downtown newspaper, and on the bookshelf blog. Um, I also sometimes share these reviews on my personal blog, and I've gotten good feedback from customers and readers um, who just enjoy getting some um, some titles to add to their own um, ever-growing book list. So um, today, I'd like to share with you all the books that I read in January. Um, January was a really great reading month for me. I don't know if, you know, the holidays had finally slowed down and um, I was just able to kind of cuddle up with a good book a few nights uh, every week. And so I really made a conscious effort, Jordan and I both did, to turn off the TV a little earlier and maybe read a book instead of watching TV on Netflix. And um, as a result, I read, I believe, eight books in January. And so um, that is a lot for me. Normally I try to do a book a week. Um, and, you know, sometimes that happens, sometimes it doesn't. But, um, But anyway, January, I read on average about two a week, but um, really the first part of the month was relatively slow going, and that is not because I wasn't reading anything worthwhile. In fact, um, I was reading more slowly because the book I was reading was so worthwhile. Um, So the first book I'd like to review for you is All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doerr. Um, This book you've probably already heard about many times, whether it's through friends or book club members or um, the New York Times book review. I mean, the book has been everywhere. Um, It was especially popular. I think it came out um, in the fall of last year, and we sold a lot of copies of this around Christmas time. Um, It kind of started to pick up speed when it got nominated for a National Book Award, and it made the list of finalists for that. Um, I believe it it lost to Redeployment, a book that I read um, in December and a book that I would also recommend. Um, They're completely different novels, though. Um, In fact, Redeployment is more of a collection of short stories. All the Light We Cannot See is historical fiction. Um, I even hesitate to describe it as historical fiction to customers because I think it actually crosses a lot of um, barriers that sometimes genres um, can put up for us. But... um, This technically qualifies as historical fiction. It takes place in occupied France in the 1940s. Um, The book is really heavy on characters. This is a character-driven novel. Um, Anthony Doerr um, writes, flips between the two perspectives of, um, or the two stories, I guess, of a young uh, French girl um, who, she is blind and she's being raised by her father, and then a young German boy who grows up to become a member of the Nazi army. And so, it's really fascinating subject matter, um, but the characters are really what suck you in. I mean, the plot and the setting, um, Dora does such a beautiful job of writing Um, the setting of this novel, but it's these characters that'll kind of suck you in. Um, This was a book, 
I read, again, slowly, not because it was super heavy or hard to understand, but it was really poetic, and I found myself just wanting to enjoy it instead of kind of rushing through. Um, I think there are some really great novels that you can flip through, and that doesn't mean that they're poorly written. It just means they're kind of page-turners, and you're sucked in. You can't put them down. All the Light We Cannot See, I couldn't put down, but I also forced myself to put down so that I wouldn't finish it too quickly. Um, This book took up probably the first two weeks of January, um, and I found myself just reading a little bit every night. Uh, The chapters are really short because, again, these are um, little snippets into each of these characters' lives. So I did have a couple of customers, particularly older customers, who said, Um, that it was a little confusing because of the back and forth, but I didn't find it um, to take away from the novel. I really enjoyed the two perspectives, the perspective of the little, um, or the young French girl, and then the German boy. I I thought it was really effective. Um, Historical fiction isn't something I'm typically drawn to. I think in high school I read a lot of historical fiction, but in adulthood I've shied away from it a bit. Um, But this really captures the intensity of the time period while also just telling a beautiful, bittersweet story. Um, Again, the history plays an important part of the novel. It's crucial to the setting and the plot. Um, But the book is really generated by the powerful story that Dora is writing. Um, I think I kind of described it as a book less about war, so less about World War II, and more about the people directly affected. Um, I was speaking to a customer in the store a couple weeks ago, about this book because this customer um, teaches German at a local university and and he was talking about different films that kind of make you sympathize maybe with um, with the German the Germans who grew up and came of age during the the 1940s and then after when they kind of had to deal with the after effects of World War II and the and the Nazi regime and so this book really made me relate to and maybe not feel sorry for, but made me see things in new perspective because it gave me this young German boy to kind of root for and cheer along. And then you realize, oh no, he's, you know, he's joining this, this party and this side of things that is going to be devastating. And, but you still kind of root for him and cheer him along. And so anyway, I, I found that to be really, an interesting part of my reading experience of this book. So um, this is All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doerr. It's a bit longer of a book, um, which is one of the reasons I put it off to begin with. I'm, I'm not normally daunted by length, but um, when when you're a bookstore owner and you're trying to keep up with all the different books to read, sometimes length can be a little intimidating. But this is a book that I'd encourage you to pick up if you haven't already. Um, and even I know I'm a bookstore owner, um, but I understand going to the library and getting a book. This is one I think you're going to want to own. Um, it's really just beautifully written, powerful story, and it's one I think you're going to want to share with people. Um, so I, if I were you, I would buy a copy of this one. Um, I was gifted a copy at a book club gathering um, in December, and I'm so grateful it's sitting on my shelf. Um, so that was the first book I read in January. Um, the second book I read was Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng. Um, Everything I Never Told You, the description of this novel sounds like um, it's going to be this suspense-filled thriller. So um, it's this young uh, Asian-American family. The father is Asian and the mother is um, American and they um, they marry and it's kind of this mixed marriage and 
then the story opens, the book opens with this powerful line um, that their daughter is dead. So there's no, no spoilers. I mean, that's how the novel opens. And that kind of sets the tone for the whole book. So the opening sentence kind of lets you know what you're in for. Um, this isn't a Gone Girl-esque thriller. This isn't the girl on the train suspense. Instead, um, I might compare it to Reconstructing Amelia, um, but it's really got a lot of depth to it. Um, it covers some really interesting perspectives on race in America. Um, I really did not understand the nuances involved um, with, you know, an Asian American family and, and someone coming um, from a different background. And so, I found that part of the story to be really fascinating. Um, there's a great NPR article that um, it's an interview Celeste Ng did with NPR, and I'll post it in the show notes because it kind of gives you the perspective of where she was coming from when writing this book. Um, it, this is a story about a family coping with grief and how the father and the mother and the son and the daughter all respond to this to this teenage girl's death. So there's an older brother and a younger sister. Um, and you realize the depth of the loss and what it's, and what it's like to lose a child and a sibling. Um, the consequences of grief are really a big part of the book. Um, I think everything I never told you would make an ideal book club book. In fact, I, um, I became familiar with the book because a book club here in Thomasville was reading it. And, and it was a book that immediately when it came into the store, I thought, Oh, I've got to add this to my list. And then the book club read it and their discussion actually prompted, um, a couple of us in the shop to read it. And I'm so glad that I did. I think you'll find a lot of discussion in this book. Um, Celeste Ng does such a beautiful, again, a beautiful job, really, of writing about grief and loss and and what it's like to grow up Asian American, um, the culture kind of kind of clash that happens and, and how these children in this family coped. And um, I really enjoyed this book. It's shorter than um, All the Light We Cannot See. It's very different from All the Light We Cannot See. Um, definitely you know, more modern, more literary, um, both All the Light We Cannot See and Everything I Never Told You are both, I would consider literary fiction. Um, but yeah, I'd add this one to your list. I, I really enjoyed it. Again, if you're looking for a book club book, All the Light We Cannot See might be a little lengthy, so this might be a, an, another one that you could try to discuss together. I think you'll get a lot of interesting conversation out of it and probably delve into it and realize there's even more you could have talked about by the time the meeting's over. So um, Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng. Um, the third book I read in January was one I had been waiting for. Um, it just released, actually, uh, this first week of February, but I was able to snag a copy early. Hooray! Um, the book is Scary Close by Donald Miller. Um, most of you, or many of you, will have heard of Donald Miller um, because of his New York Times bestselling book, Blue Like Jazz. Blue Like Jazz came out when I was in college, and that's when I kind of fell in love with Donald Miller and his writing style. Um, this is, um, Donald Miller writes spiritual books, so, um, 
many of you might be familiar with him because of that. Uh, Scary Close, I certainly might put um, in a spiritual section of your bookstore, but it's not limited to that. So um, so if you don't come from a faith background, I don't think you um, have to dismiss Scary Close. Um, in fact, I, I'll be recommending this book, Donald Miller's new book, to fans of Brene Brown's Daring Greatly. This is a book about intimacy and vulnerability. Um, both of, or several of Donald Miller's previous books have been um, favorites of mine. Like I said, Blue Like Jazz came out, I believe, my freshman or sophomore year of college, and I devoured it. I loved it. Um, and then A Million Miles in a Thousand Years was about living life, living a better story in your life. Um, and he really, Donald Miller kind of introduced this concept of life as a story. And I loved that book. Um, but Scary Close... Uh, is still told in Donald Miller's kind of um, conversational style. You feel like he's sitting talking to you. Um, I read the book in probably oh a few hours just because I sat down with it and I couldn't put it down because I felt like I was having a conversation with him. Um, it talks about his own struggles with vulnerability and insecurity and how they affected his relationships. Um, this is a book that kind of chronicles um, Miller's relationship with his now wife, um, and it talks about kind of how they fell in love and, and the arguments that they faced and the insecurities that he had while dating her and, and how that kind of affected their relationship. And um, I really highlighted, this is a book I actually bought once I, once I read the copy at the store. I went ahead and bought my own because I needed to highlight it and write it. I think this would make a great book for small group discussions, particularly in church settings, but, um, but other discussion groups might enjoy it too. Um, I'm thinking about making Jordan read this one because I think this would be a really good book for married couples to read together. Um, so if you, if you haven't picked up Donald Miller's new book yet, um, and even if you're not a Donald Miller fan, I might try this one. Um, again, I think you'll find a, a lot of valuable truths about vulnerability and intimacy and relationship. Um, again, the book is Scary Close by Donald Miller. Next on my list is All the Bright Places by Jennifer Niven. Uh, this is a young adult novel. Um, I'm going to try to read about one or two young adult uh, novels or books every month just so I can kind of familiarize myself with that section of our store. All the Bright Places released to rave reviews um, late last year, I believe, so it's a fairly new novel. Um, it's realistic prose is popular right now. If you start to read it, you will feel, I think, a little bit like you're reading a John Green book. So this deals with kind of um, typical, I guess, teenagers, maybe maybe as my uh, manager Rebecca would say, kind of smarter than typical. They kind of have conversations that maybe most teenagers wouldn't have. But, but I find the dialogue to be fun and and the subject matter is pretty deep. So this is a book that tackles some tough issues. Um, all the Bright Places addresses bipolar disorder, manic depression, suicide, and grief. Um, the content is handled really well. Um, it's really well done. I found it to be pretty subtle. I never found myself completely bogged down by sadness. I wouldn't describe this as a sad book. Um, this is a book in which some sad things happen, um, but I certainly wouldn't describe it as a sad book. Um, instead, I found myself um, really relating to the book. So uh, I'm several years removed from high school, um, but 
the high school in this novel definitely felt familiar. Um, I had a friend growing up who struggled with bipolar disorder and it went undiagnosed for a few years. And so that especially rang true. Um, I think anyone who has friends who maybe have struggled with depression or who struggles with depression themselves might appreciate this book because I feel like it gives, sheds some light onto that without being, again, without kind of dragging the material down or, um, without being preachy. Um, I think because of its content, I would recommend this particular title particular title to older high school students. Um, of course, as we know, so many adults are reading young adult novels, but, but I think this one would be mostly suited for a young adult, a true young adult audience. Um, again, high school students, maybe early college, uh, as a 29 year old, I enjoyed it. Um, but it's not one I'm going to recommend to, you know, a 30 something. Instead, I really do think this one is appropriate for high school students, really kind of meets them where they are. Niven, um, weaves in some really beautiful, funny moments in the book, um, which I think really is, is fitting for a book about high school because high school is full of beautiful, funny, heartbreaking moments. And this book kind of runs the gamut there. And again, if you're a school counselor or if you are somebody who interacts with um, people struggling with depression or bipolar uh, disorder, I think you would really find this book helpful. I know I really did. Um, that, to me, was what struck me the most about this particular book. Again, this is All the Bright Places by Jennifer Niven. Next on my list for January was Brown Girl Dreaming by Jacqueline Woodson. Um, Again, this is a book that you all probably will have heard of. So this was a National Book Award winner. So um, All the Light We Cannot See was a National Book Award finalist. Like I said, it, um, I think it lost, quote-unquote, to um, redeployment. Um, Brown Girl Dreaming won in the um, middle reader category. Um, and while I would recommend All the Bright Places, so the Jennifer Niven novel I just mentioned, that book I would recommend to high school students. It's a young adult novel for a young adult audience. Brown Girl Dreaming is a middle reader book that to me crosses the boundaries of age and genre. So um, yes, this is a middle reader book. If you're a grown up, if you're an adult, don't discount this novel. Um, I think this is required reading for everybody. Um, there are just a handful of books I would think should be required reading for, for grown ups and kids alike. Um, this is one of them. Uh, Jacqueline Woodson is a pretty popular, pretty recognizable author. She's written other books. Um, children's books and middle reader books. Um, we've got a couple in the store right now, but Brown Girl Dreaming is written entirely in free verse. Um, so I believe there was another book that was a Newbery Medal, uh, Newbery Medal winner a while ago, um, Out of the Dust, I believe it was called, and it too was written in, in poetry, poetry form. Um, that prevented me, sadly, from picking up Brown Girl Dreaming for a little while. I guess I just thought, eh, I'm not interested in that. Please don't let that description deter you from picking it up. So, yes, it's written in free verse form, but it is so well done, and the storytelling is so powerful. Um, Jacqueline Woodson, this is her memoir. This is a book about her growing up, her coming of age, and she's written it in this poetic, beautiful way. Um, but you don't get bogged down by the poetry. Um, it that just to me makes the book even more unique and and more powerful. Um, I am younger than Woodson. I'm 
you know, whiter than Jacqueline Woodson, but her stories I needed to hear. Um, and some of them, despite my different age or different race or ethnicity, her book still felt familiar. So she grew up, um, she started off her growing up years in the Midwest, then moved to South Carolina and then to Brooklyn. And so you'll, the book will take you to these different locations. And depending on where you're from, I believe you will find yourself nodding along to this book because, um, when she, when Jacqueline gets to the part of her story in which she's in South Carolina, the way she described the heat and the front porch and the slowness of the South, I just felt myself completely mesmerized because it rang so true for me. Um, and I would imagine if you are from New York or Brooklyn, I think you will find those parts of her story to be familiar to you, again, no matter your age or race or ethnicity. Um, so her descriptions of life in the South, the heat, the religion, the close-knit family, those felt really familiar. And then the parts of the story that weren't as familiar to me, so living in Brooklyn or or dealing with racial issues that I have never had to deal with, um, those were still really important and stories that I needed to hear. Um, this is a book I think that you'll find on a lot of summer reading lists this summer, at least I hope you will. Um, but if you're a parent and your child is assigned this book or this is an option for your kid, read along with them. I mean, this is a book I think parents should read with their kids. Um, even if you don't have kids, I, you know, I don't have children, but I picked this book up and I'm so glad I did. Um, <clears throat> so, Brown Girl Dreaming by Jacqueline Woodson. It's a National Book Award winner. It's a book I have read and loved and am recommending to just about every customer that comes in the store. And again, I'm not seeing a lot of people pick it up um, in our particular store, and I think that's because of um, the fact that it's a middle reader novel. But or, And it's not a novel, I'm so sorry. Um, a memoir. But don't let that deter you. Don't let the fact that it's um, middle reader deter you from picking this one up. Um, Jacqueline Woodson brown girl dreaming. Next I read See How Small by Scott Blackwood. This is a new released literary novel set in the heart of Texas. Um, I picked it up because I read an article in Book Page, and I will link to that in my show notes, about um, this book which is based on an unsolved mystery, an unsolved murder case in Austin, Texas, in which three girls were murdered um, at the ice cream shop where they worked. And and they've never really solved that case. And so Scott Blackwood um, wrote See How Small, inspired in part by, by those events in Austin, Texas. I picked up See How Small thinking it would be a whodunit murder mystery book. This is not that. So if that's what you're looking for, um, I'd recommend some Tana French or um, The Girl on the Train, which we reviewed a couple of weeks ago, um, maybe Gillian Flynn's other novels. Um, this is not a high-intensity, page-turner, page-turning uh, mystery novel. Instead, this reads to me a lot like Alice Siebold's um, The Lovely Bones. Um, it's kind of mystical. Um, the book kind of opens with 
the voices of these three girls who have been um, murdered in the yogurt shop where they worked, but they are these three voices speaking as one. So I heard a comparison, I think in the New York Times review, um, kind of like these are the Greek fates kind of speaking, and and that is what it feels like. Um, They kind of narrate the novel, they weave in and out of the story. Um, Like Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng, this is a book about grief. Um, This is less about the murder and the mysterious, you know, unsolved aspect of this case, and it's more about how this town copes, how the mother of the two, one of the, of the two sisters copes, how how, um, you know, the fireman who finds them cope. So it's really about a town coming to terms with the death of these three girls. Um, this is a really beautifully written story. Um, it's again, kind of vague and mysterious. I really enjoyed it. I think a certain type of customer will really enjoy it. Um, this might be one I recommend you pick up at the library and see if it's one you'd like. Um, it's very different from anything I've read recently. The closest thing I could describe it to, to is The Lovely Bones. Um, and even The Lovely Bones, I feel like, got a little more um, into the mis- mystery aspect. And this really plays on the surface Um the voices of those three girls is really powerful and, and beautiful. Um, but this is a unique book. This is very different. This is not, um, not thriller, fast paced fiction. This is kind of literary, thoughtful, um, quiet. This is a quiet book. Um, see how small by Scott Blackwood. The last book I read this month uh, was perhaps one that I found most enjoyable, and you'll see why in a minute. This book um, was The Localist by Carrie Rollwagon. Um, I spent some time in Birmingham, Alabama as a live, as an intern at Coastal Living, um, so I still have a lot of friends and family up in Birmingham, and so I follow a lot of them on Instagram and on social media. And this book, The Localist, came across um, my Instagram a few weeks ago, and I screen took a screenshot of it, as I do so many times when I see a book that, that looks good, and, and I thought, okay, I've got to add that one to the store shelves, and I'm going to want to read this one. Um, the Localist is written by writer and blogger and bookstore owner, Carrie Rollwagon. She spent a year of her life shopping locally, so she didn't shop at Walmart or Target or Whole Foods. Instead, she devoted herself to um, shopping the stores in Birmingham, Alabama, where she is located. Um, And this isn't one of those books um, that tracks the 365 days of this project, this project of shopping locally. So there are a few books out. Um, The Year of Biblical Womanhood comes to mind um, by Rachel Held Evans. Um, There's another book, um, I think, by A.J. Jacobs, where he kind of devotes himself to a year-long project. This isn't that book. So this isn't a book that just tracks Carrie's progress through shopping locally. Instead, this is kind of a look into the economy, the economics of shopping locally. Um, she even devotes a chapter to why Christians should should shop locally. I found that to be especially convicting and interesting. Um, she kind of gives us the consequences of shopping small. Um, this is a thoughtful, engaging look at um, local shopping and, and small business ownership. She's never preachy, but she is convicting. The book is convicting, and it did inspire me to take a look kind of at my own shopping habits. Jordan and I do try to shop um, 
locally as much as possible. We did all of our Christmas shopping this year in downtown Thomasville, and we were really happy about that. But there are certainly ways we could improve. Um, and I also found the parts of this book where Carrie wrote about owning a, an independent bookstore. I found those to be especially familiar and helpful to me. It's always nice to read a book that kind of solidifies what you're doing and kind of gives hope to um, to your mission. And so I found her to be extremely encouraging in that realm. If you are interested in small business ownership or if you you know, you know come into the bookstore and you wonder what it's really like to own a bookstore, um, if you don't want to ask me about it, then you should probably just read this book because I feel like Carrie Rollwagon does a realistic job of portraying the ups and downs of business, small business ownership and a bookstore ownership in particular. So for those of you who, like me, have a Kathleen Kelly dream living in your, in your heads, um, this would be a really fun book to sh- show you what it's really like to own a shop. Um, and at the very least, this book will encourage you, I think, to second-guess your purchases, to kind of um, remind yourself what's important um, when you're shopping, how to shop ethically and locally. And I think the most important takeaway from this book is that shopping locally um, really helps you engage with your community. And I find that to be especially true where I live here in Thomasville. I think shopping locally and being a shop owner helps me get to know people better. It helps me to walk the streets. It helps me to go into shops I might not normally. Um, so this book, The Localist by Carrie Rollwagon, is nonfiction. Um, I believe it is a self-published book. Um, and instead of purchasing it on Amazon, I'd really encourage you to go into a local bookstore and find this one. Um, we've got some copies on our shelves, but I know... Um, you can go to IndieBound um, and find a local bookstore in your area where you could find this one. I'm not sure you're going to be able to find it at your library, um, but it is one if you're interested in shopping locally or if you're interested in small business entrepreneurship, this would be a great book to pick up um, and a great book to own. I bought my own copy and I'm really kind of, um, kind of asking Carrie to come to Thomasville because I think she'd put on a really great talk um, and have some really interesting things to say. So That book is The Localist by Carrie Rollwagon. So those are the eight books I read in January. Um, This is kind of a new format for us. I didn't have any special guests today, so thanks for kind of putting up with me. Um, I'm hoping to do this about once a month to kind of just briefly review um, what books I've been reading and what books I think should be on your shelves. Uh, I know everybody's kind of got limited budgets, so I want to tell you what books I think you should get from the library, which ones you can kind of skip over, and then which ones I think really belong on your nightstand and on your shelves at home. Um, thanks for listening and as usual if you have any comments or if you um, need any more information you can find our our show notes and other information about our store at www.bookshelfthomasville.com you can follow us on facebook at bookshelf thomasville and then we are also on instagram and twitter that's a great way to keep up with us that's at bookshelf tville t-v-i-l-l-e thanks so much for listening we'll see you next week